Father. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. The Spirit of God's uh, moving this morning. He's, the Spirit of God's speaking to us, I believe, this morning. And uh, even as we've sung those songs and as we've listened to those words that were bought, I'm just going to ask Marilyn if she would come and just share Marilyn's smoke with me just before the service. And, and those words that were given, God is speaking to us this morning and he's going to encourage us, those of us who are struggling in our faith, we all can have a struggle in our faith from time to time. God is for us, not against us. That word that Ed bought from the scriptures, from Isaiah, the Lord's servant, Jesus, the righteous one, has, he has justified many. He has justified you through faith in his son this morning. Thanks, Marilyn. I'm just you, absolutely amazed at how the Holy Spirit has moved here this morning with the songs and the yes, words. Yes. And it's amazing. And for someone and maybe lots of people here, I just think this is the cherry on the cake. Um, I had a sense of someone, maybe someone's that have been standing and praying and praying and praying. And your faith has been resting upon something, people, family, lots of things actually. Your faith has been resting upon them. But of late, you have been king hit. You have been hit. You, you have had this onslaught come against you. And in your heart, you are battling to stay alive. In your heart, you are battling to keep facing life. In your heart, you are, it's a battle. It's, it's just a battle. It's like, Lord, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth going on. It's like, take me now, Lord, because I don't want to live anymore. And I felt that God was saying to me that he was showing me life and he, he was showing me Abraham. And Abraham believed that God was able to do what he promised to do. And he believed he was who God said he was. This old man believed he was what God said he was. And he believed that God was able to do what he said he would do. And what God has said to you, if you come to me in the name of my son Jesus Christ and you ask, I will give you what you ask. He will do what he said he will do. He is faithful. He is true. And he wants us, whoever it is, and I'm, I'm it. I mean, this is, this is up for me. But it's, he wants us to hold our faith. Don't take your faith off that thing. You do not know what you're doing, the power, the things that are happening because your faith is resting on that situation. Your faith is resting on it. Don't give up. Don't give up. The devil wants to take out your light and that's why you're getting the thoughts and everything else. Hold your faith and value your life. It's a precious, precious gift. Thank you, Father. Thanks, Marilyn. Thanks, Kim. Thank you. Let's just pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you, Lord, have uh, given us a faith that is precious, a faith 
in our Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Father, that through simple trust in your Son, Lord, you can enable us to overcome. You can help us through every trial, every difficulty. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. And that moreover, you will work your purposes in and through that. And Lord, you would bring transformation to us, to our lives, for your name's sake and glory. We thank you for your word, the Bible. This morning, Father, as I speak your word, I pray the Holy Spirit will take the words of Scripture, Lord, and, and apply them to our hearts and to our understanding. Lord, we pray for open hearts that we would continue to respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's good to be in church, isn't it? Amen. I had a great week. It's been, uh, we've been really uh, blessed, uh, Lynn and I, and, and uh, to have um, our little granddaughter, Ella, with us. Uh, Eve, Eve's, Eve's husband, uh, Chris, was on a missions trip, and our little granddaughter, Ella, had just had uh, open-heart so- surgery not long ago, and so she spent the week with us, and uh, that was... Uh, just thank you, everyone's praying. I know, I know people have been praying for Ella, and she's really doing well. And uh, Pa took good care of her. I had her on my lap there at uh, breakfast, and I, and I was feeding her grapefruit. <laughs> I just want to say, <laughs> thank you, Belle, for the grapefruit. <laughs> oh, they're precious, aren't they? Families are precious. We're going to continue this morning with our uh, uh, series that we've been doing. It takes the village. It takes a village to make disciples. And I've uh, entitled the message today, Right Standing with God, Firm in the Faith. And so we've been uh, doing this series. And I thought that was pretty much a word from God this morning from uh, Mandy. Didn't you? That God is speaking to us, that it, that it as a church, that it, it takes... A village. It takes us all together to make disciples. That when we uh, when we talk about um, uh, discipleship, we're talking about following Jesus, and we're talking about doing that together and encouraging one another, and building one another up and teaching one another God's word, in, and uh, that we might um, glorify God and, and follow Jesus all the days of our life. I'm going to read from the scriptures, Romans 1, verse 16 to 17. Paul says this, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith, or the the just will live by faith. So in the gospel, Paul says he's not ashamed, let us not be ashamed of the gospel, because the gospel is the power of God for salvation, it's the gospel that changes our hearts. It's the gospel that brings us to faith 
and trust in our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the gospel. And so we ask this morning, what is, what is the gospel? Well, the gospel is described in a few ways in the scriptures. And here's just some, some of them. Okay. Have I got... Is this working? Yes, it is. The gospel. The gospel is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So when we're talking about the gospel, we're talking about the death, the burial and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're, and we're, and we're declaring and proclaiming that, it was a, that Jesus' death was sacrificial, that Jesus died for you, that He died in our place. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. 1 Peter 3.18 For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. It's the gospel of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. This is what Jesus says. He says to His disciples, He told them, this is what is written The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is the gospel of repentance and forgiveness of sins. Any gospel message, any preaching of grace that does not teach repentance is not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel is a call to discipleship. Jesus said, oh, it's, a, oh, it's a gospel of the kingdom. Okay, Mark 1.14, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near or at hand. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. So through the gospel, God is making an invitation to us to come and be a part of his kingdom, and be ready for the future kingdom, to come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. It's a call to discipleship. If we read the Gospels, we'll see that all Jesus, many of Jesus' calls, in fact, I think we could say every time Jesus calls someone to salvation, he's calling us to follow him. He's calling us to discipleship. He called the crowds, Jesus said in Mark 18, in Mark 8, verse 34 to 35, and He called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for my sake and for the gospel will save it. There's a cost in response to the gospel. It's a call to discipleship. And and, and Paul calls the gospel beautiful term, the gospel of God's grace, because God is offering a free gift. God is offering grace. Paul says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the tasks the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news, that's the gospel, the good news of God's grace. Amen? It's a good news, and that's the, go- the gospel, and it's in this gospel that a righteousness from God is revealed. Righteousness speaks to us of all that which is good, all that which is holy, all that which is right in character and in action. 
And Paul says that it's in this gospel, it's in this gospel proclamation, it's in hearing and responding to this gospel that a righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last or from beginning to end or from faith for faith, which I'll come back to later. But it's in this gospel and, he, and, and Paul goes on to say, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. And Paul takes a quote from the book of Habakkuk, from the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. I haven't got that up there. I'm not going back to that scripture now. But if you were to read Habakkuk, you would see that God was bringing judgment against his people Israel. God was about to bring Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, against the people of Israel. And God had shown this to Habakkuk. And Habakkuk cries out to God. And he says, God, this is not fair. How can you do this, Lord? How can you bring this judgment, this, this, this man who's so proud, this nation puffed up, who's so, such a harsh people against your people. How can you, how can you bring that? This is against uh, Jerusalem, the southern kingdom now. How can you do that? Habakkuk cries out. And God says to him, Habakkuk, you know, he's proud, he's puffed up, he's coming. But he says... But my righteous servant, my righteous, the righteous, will live by faith. Or, as some translations say, by faithfulness. For in, for in the, both Hebrew and Greek, the noun for faith and faithfulness is the same word. We can interpret faith and faithfulness the same. It's a context that, that, that uh, Bible translators decide to choose one or the other, but they're essentially the same, and God is saying to Habakkuk, my righteous one, or those who are righteous, they will live, they will, they will get through this ordeal, they will be okay as they trust in me and remain faithful to me. In the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith, from first to last. I'm going to read Romans 3, verses 21 to 26. And I'm actually going to ask the kids, have we got any children in, in church this morning? We've got some children in church? Well, I'm going to ask you guys to come up here. You're going to come up the front. Say if you're in grade 6 up, or even if you, you can come up even if you're older. You'd want to do this, I'm sure, because I've got something to give you if you do. I've got some, I've got some uh, oh, what are these, I wonder. You might be able to get some of those. <laughs> you come up, guys. And what I want you to do, uh, yeah, where can we sit? <laughs> come on, Ruby, don't be shy. I, I, it's okay, you guys... Yeah, you can just, you sit, oh, sit down there, that'll be fine, yep. You ha you're happy to sit there? Okay. I've got, this, I've got this coat here that's really, this is really, 
really heavy. I want you guys just to pass that around yourselves. Just feel the weight that justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Christ Jesus. Faith in Jesus. Okay, there's a lot of big words in that passage, wasn't there, kids? Yes, there was. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to help you to demonstrate what we're talking about here this morning. Because God, when we put our trust and, and faith in Jesus Christ and follow him, he justifies us. And this is what it means, guys. Have I got someone who's willing to wear this big coat? I need a, to tell the truth, boys... I'm going to be a little bit sexist. Do you want to do it, Georgia? Okay, Georgia's going to do it. I thought Georgia might do it. <laughs> I was hoping you would. Sorry, boys, you'll understand why I'm, I'm using a girl this morning in a minute. Probably. Okay, Georgia, I want you to put this coat on. And How heavy was that coat, guys? Heavy. It was heavy. Now, Georgia, look at Georgia in that coat. <laughs> that is so huge. Have I got a mic here? I have. Is that, is that on? Now, Georgie, is that coat comfortable? Not really. Not really. That's good. I'm glad you said that. It's not really comfortable, is it? It's, it's really heavy. It's a horrible colour. It's black. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty ordinary, isn't it? Does it smell? A bit. It does smell a bit. <laughs> I'm glad. It does smell a bit. In fact, this coat, Georgia, and guys, this coat is representing... Oh, I don't need two microphones. Sorry. This coat is... Is, is, uh, I'm, I'm using it to, as symbolic as representing all our sin. Everything we do in our lives that displeases God. So when we don't believe in God, when we don't obey God, when we tell mum and dad a lie, when we're angry we're, for a wrong reason, all these things, is, you know, we all do these things, don't we? Yeah. We do. And, and we're all guilty of sin, aren't we? Yeah. And, and, and sin is really stinks. Especially to God, it's filthy. This is filthy, this, this. And here is Georgia, and, and it's all her sin, okay? And you know what the Bible teaches? That because of our sin, we're guilty before God, and we deserve to be punished by God. We deserve, to, we deserve hell. That's, that's the truth. And so, I don't want to imagine you, Georgia, she's got all this sin on, she, this, she's just, she's got this, this heavy, heavy burden, this heavy coat, and she, and, but Georgia trusts in Jesus, don't you, Georgia? Georgia trusts in Jesus. She turns and she has trust in Jesus. And so she comes, she comes to God, she comes to the judge. I'll be the judge, Georgia. There you are, I'm the judge. And she comes to the judge. It's like we're in a courtroom. Because when, when God justifies us, it's a legal term. It's like he, he, he acquits us. And he declares us innocent. And God, because Jesus died on that cross, 
to take your sin and my sin, what he does is he takes this off. He takes this off, this heavy burden of sin, off Georgia and says to Georgia, this is not you, Georgia. You're innocent. You've trusted in my son, Jesus Christ. He took this, he took this heavy weight of sin, this heavy coat upon himself on the cross. I haven't got a cross this morning, but we'll put it over there. He took it away. He took it away on the cross. And not only that, though, because he did that, because he justified us and declares Georgia innocent, he says, I'm going to then going to clothe you. I'm going to put, how's, this, how's this coat? Isn't this beautiful? I'm going to clothe you with myself, with my righteousness. I'm going to, how's that coat? That's beautiful, isn't it? It's very light. I could keep going. In fact, I'm, go, I'm going to adorn you. I'm going to adorn you. I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, you're so beautiful. Check this out. <laughs> Does that go or what? <laughs> and if I had some jewels, I'd put some jewels on her. This is why I used a girl, boys. <laughs> I'd put some jewels on her because and, 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 and she's beautiful in my sight, in the sight of God the Father. She's beautiful because of what Jesus has done for her and because she trusts and follows Jesus. Okay? So we're going to trust and follow Jesus. And, 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 and for being uh, such participants this morning, I've got a lolly I'm going to give you all. Okay? Yeah, you can probably have two even because there's not many children here this morning. So that's good for you guys. <laughs> because, you know, this, this offer, that, this, this, what God's giving us is a gift, isn't it? He's saying, I've given you my son Jesus. And it's like this lolly I'm going to give you this morning. If you don't come and receive that lolly, if you don't take it off me, you're not going to get it. And if you just take what God's offering you in the gospel through Jesus Christ, if you just take it, took that and didn't do anything with it, if you didn't open up and eat it, unwrap it, it's not going to be much good to you, is it? It wouldn't be anything, exactly. It would just be a wrapper, a wrap lolly, exactly. So God wants you... It's working. God wants us to, to, get, to, to unwrap all that Jesus has done for us on the cross through his death, burial and resurrection, okay? And he... And, and he wants us to grow in him, okay? And he wants us, so, so it's like this lolly, so it doesn't just stay in the packet, but I get the benefit, I get the sweetness, I get the joy, okay, of what God has done for me through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And we do that as we continue to believe and trust in him and follow him. Thank you, guys, that's great. Here you are, you can share the lollies around. Thanks very much. Thanks, Georgia. You can take that off. Thank you all. Boys, I'm sure that God, God's, God's robe of righteousness for you looks really cool, okay? Looks, it's really cool. Probably I needed a white leather jacket or something. But you get the drift. Okay. When you've... Uh, Finish that. You can take those. You can go back, sit with mum and dad. That's great, guys. Keep listening. 
It's great to have children in church, isn't it? We see in the scripture that God justifies us. He justifies sinners through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. To be justified is to be acquitted, declared innocent in the eyes of a holy judge. God takes away our sin. He takes away our our shame, our guilt. God's been clothing people right through the scriptures, hasn't he? Starting with Adam and Eve when they're in the garden. They sense the shame. They sense the disgrace of of, of their disobedience before God and ran from his presence realized they were naked they were they were ashamed and god takes through christ all our shame you got it right guys that's all right someone's got another packet (laughs) here we go you might just uh, take that now and share them about okay I think we're getting there. Are we right? When God justifies you, I heard this once, when God justifies you, when, 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 when that is talked about in pidgin in English, it like, it, it's like God looks at us and says, God am saying, you are right. God says you're all right when he sees your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Justification by faith changes the way God relates to us. It changes the way God relates to us and us to Him. When we're justified by faith in His Son, Jesus Christ, we are no longer an object of God's wrath. We are not under His judgment, His holy and righteous judgment. We are not, we are not under His anger. It changes the way God relates to us. And, and we to him. It brings us into covenant relationship with him. You know, God loves. God loves his enemies. We were all once his enemies outside of Christ. God loves his enemies for God so loved. He has loved the world. He, he, he has loved his enemies. But it's a sobering thought that outside of Christ, outside of justification by faith, We are God's enemies. Justification by faith changes that relationship. It changes us, acquits us and declares us innocent in our Lord's sight. Romans 4 verse 7, Paul describes it this way, quoting David from the Psalms, Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. 
Amen. If you sin, the Lord will never count against him. See, understanding and a, and a revelation and a, and a growing in this uh, truth that God justifies us by faith is vital to a healthy relationship with God. It's vital in our relationship with God that we live free from fear, free from a negative fear of Him. There's a, there's a healthy fear of God, I'm not talking about that, but, but that we live free in our relationship with God, free from guilt, free, free from shame. It's, it's, it's essential to our prayer life, to, the, to our believing, that as we lay a hold of this, that I am justifi- justified by faith, that I am righteous in His sight, that I have confidence before Him to pray. I have confidence before Him to petition, to believe. I have confidence before Him to be honest. It's, it's essential for our liberty in Christ, for our free, the exercise of our freedom in Christ, in our daily walk. Essential in, in spiritual warfare, as we're to stand and as we to resist the devil and he will flee from us. I think it's Peter that says, resist the devil standing firm in the faith. Not just faith, the faith. Standing firm in the faith, in the gospel truths. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. It's vital that we know that we are justified by faith. It's vital to our continuing walk, continuing to keep the faith. For righteousness, the, the, the righteousness that we have in Christ, as we stand in it, will keep us from being moved into legalism, from being moved into a self-righteousness, trying to do works trying to earn our salvation. It will keep us from that and it will also keep us from going into self, into license and just living our own life. Paul says in Galatians 5 verse 1, it is for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened by a yoke of slavery. Stand firm in this truth. Justification is by faith, through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, some translations of Romans 1 verse 17, which I read earlier, say this, a righteousness from God is revealed through the gospel, a righteousness that is by faith for faith. A righteousness that is by faith for faith, justification by faith and the righteousness that we receive is God's grace and power. It's life to live, to live out the call of God on our lives. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9 to 11.
just lost it myself in my Bible. Here we go. Paul says this, Do you not know, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And that is what some of you were. Some of you were that some of you were living in the immorality, in the idolatrous, uh, in in the idolatry. Some of you were these 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 things. This you were in this life, in this practice of sin. It was the way you lived. Some of us were, and all of us, in some way, have been and were bound and caught up in sin. But through the gospel, Paul says, but that is what some of you were. You're no longer that. When we're justified by faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, we are no longer identified with our sin. We, we, we have been separated from our sin. God has justified it. We are innocent even. It's amazing, isn't it? We are innocent of that sin. We don't go back into that, no way. That's death. We are innocent. We don't have to go back into that. In fact, I almost could say we can't go back into it. But I know the Scriptures warn, warn us not to. But when we really know that God has justified us through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, we will not want to. We will not want to. We will walk away from sin. It doesn't belong to us. It's not who we are. God has declared us innocent. Justification is by faith. And we need to stand strong, firm and steadfast in it. So what does this faith look like that justifies? What does this faith look like that justifies. And Jesus told a parable that teaches us and demonstrates what the faith that justifies looks like. And it's the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, Luke 18, verses 9 to 14. To some who are confident of their own righteousness, and looked down on everybody else. Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. Some translations say prayed to himself, which might be telling. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. 
I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You know, it's easy for us to sit in church this morning and think to ourselves, I'm glad I'm not like that Pharisee. Two men, one a Pharisee, one a a tax collector, both go up to the temple. At that time, the dwelling place of God, both go up to the temple, both approach God in prayer. Both believed in God. Two men, both believed in God. Both, they believed in the God of Israel, the one true and living God. Both by implication know that God is righteous, that God is holy, that God is pure and that he asks for, even demands righteousness. Two men, one a Pharisee, well versed in scripture, well versed in the Old Testament, a disciplined man. Maybe he thought he was doing the right thing. Yes, it's good, he's, he's not an adulterer. It's good. But maybe he just doesn't see himself as such. He prays all about himself. God, I thank you that I am not. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. I, I, I. All about what I do. All about what I don't do. All about comparison with others. Thinking that in some way, self-righteousness pleases God. Self-righteousness stinks in the eyes of God. The Old Testament says our righteousness is like a filthy rag, even a menstrual cloth. This Pharisee, before God, believing that what he did and didn't do justified him. Not realising that the weight of sin was still upon him. And then there's the tax collector. He stands at a distance. He beats his breast. He's under conviction. He realises the weight of sin. He realises the state of his heart. He realises his need for God. Perhaps he had robbed people. 
Perhaps he had been an adulterer. Who amongst us haven't really? And he cries out to God. And he says, God, have mercy on me. He's crying out to God. This is the faith that justifies. He cries out to God for help. He cries out for mercy. Lord, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need you, Lord. I need you to break the weight of sin in my life. I need your help, Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I know. I'm, I'm aware that I'm undone before you, that in your presence I can't stand in the presence of a holy God. I need you, Lord. And he cries out to God. He surrenders. He casts himself upon the mercy of God. The Bible says God is rich in mercy. He is rich in mercy. And he wants to forgive. And he wants to free you. He wants to justify. God is rich in mercy. And God hears the cry of our heart like that. Jesus says, this man, he went home justified before God. Romans 10, verses 9 to 13. Paul put it this way. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord who acknowledges their need of his, of his salvation, of his forgiveness. Everyone, everyone who abandons, who surrenders to the mercy of God and says, God, help me. I, I'm, I'm repenting. I'm changing. I'm, with your help, I'm turning to you. I'm going to follow Jesus, love and obey him, but I need your help to do it. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God justifies everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. And it will be like a great burden of sin will be lifted off your life and he will clothe you with himself, with his righteousness and give it you, give us the ability to live out a life that follows Jesus and is pleasing to God the Father. God is rich in mercy. Romans 5 verses 1 to 2 says this. 
Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. You can have peace. Those of us who know Christ, we have peace with God our Father. We need to lay a hold of that. We need to ask God to help us to grow in it, grow in our understanding, stand firm that we have been justified through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. We have been saved by God's grace through faith. This is not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. It is not by works, lest that any man should boast. I'm going to ask the band to come. We're going to sing the song, I will boast in Christ alone. I will boast in Christ alone. Before we do that, if that's you this morning, if you realize your need of a saviour this morning, Jesus is the friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus, if we read the, read the, read the uh, Gospels, he is a friend of tax collectors and sinners. If your life is in a mess this morning, because of sin, because of wrong choices you have made, you're in good company. You're in good company. Jesus is here and he wants to lift that off of you. It's the self-righteous who don't respond easily to Jesus. It's the prostitutes and the downcasts that come more readily because they know their decisions, they know their sin has messed their life up and they need a saviour. And they're more likely, if you read the Gospels, I think, to cry out to God, to respond to the Lord Jesus Christ and accept his free gift of salvation. But I tell you, God can save the Pharisees amongst us. Amen. God can change our hearts. And even as a believer, I've recognized times where, you know, pride and self-righteousness started to grow in my life. God have mercy on me and change that. But this morning, maybe you've let your heart grow hard. You actually know your heart to God. That your relationship with God isn't what it was. Isn't what you know God wants it to be. Because you've shut down your heart. To not, to do that in a way is pride. It really is. You know, that, that, that uh, tax collector, he beat his breast. And he cried out to God. You know, that was not self-pity. That was heartfelt repentance, heartfelt crying out to God for mercy. We need to get self-dealt with through the cross of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ died, he took self. He took our old self. He took our self-righteousness. He took all our sin upon himself. And he paid the penalty for that. He broke the power of sin, of self-righteousness on the cross. And if you would cry out to God, you can do that just right now. It's just you and God. You know you need to. I encourage you to cry out to God. You can just do that right now. Just in your heart. You can cry out loud if you like. But you do that. If, you, if, if you're here this morning and you're doing this, you're saying, God, I need your help. 
I want to follow Jesus Christ. I invite you to come forward as we're singing, okay? And make yourself known, or after the service even, but go and talk to someone. Because we've got people here that can help you, that we can help each other in our walk with Jesus. We've got some simple, they're Bible studies. Because God's Word, the Bible, it's life to us. The Holy Spirit is going to help you grow in, in your relationship with Jesus. And I encourage you, you know, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. That's firstly to God, I believe. We're speaking to God. We're calling upon his name. Jesus, you are Lord, and I'm going to submit my life to you. But it's also letting others know that Jesus is Lord, and I want to follow him. I'm going to say it. Okay, uh, thanks. Thanks, Kim. Thank you, Lord. Just have your way, Father.